Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Thanks for listening to the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. I am your host, Christian Newsom. We are so glad that you are back this week for part two of a two-part podcast that we are calling 10 Tips for an Intentional Marriage. If you did not listen yet to part one, press pause. Go back to last week's download and listen to part one, where we talk about the first five areas of having an intentional marriage. Today, we will talk about the second five. For those of you watching on YouTube, I am joined once again by my beautiful guest, my wife of almost 24 years, Danielle. For those of you listening on your favorite platform, you will hear her very youthful sounding voice very soon. Here are the 10 tips that we are talking through. We covered the first five last week. We'll cover the final five today. Uh, 10 tips, having an intentional plan in the area of recreation, rest, spiritual community, church involvement, career, and then today, finances, family and extended family, intimacy, parenting, and the non-negotiables. Danielle, I said last week that the first five areas have to be perfect to even fall in love. Like if you don't enjoy spending time together, if you don't make time to spend time together, if you don't have some great community around you, if you don't have a shared mission and direction in life, uh, probably you'll never get to the altar anyway. So the first five areas really allow you to fall in love and get married. The final five areas really cause you to fall out of love and get divorced. As a matter of fact, the number one reason uh, that couples get divorced are financial problems and financial disagreements. We'll talk about that today. Uh, I don't do much marriage counseling because I'm not a marriage counselor, but when I talk to people that I'm marrying, um, who, who I'm going to marry, I always tell them um, the greatest tension in your marriage is going to come in a few key areas that all start with the word F. Mm-hmm. Your, um, your finances will be your biggest stressor. Your friends can make or break your marriage. Your family and their expectations on you will create tension for you. And then your faith life and how you play that out. So we're talking about having a plan in all of these areas. And I think, I think in this podcast, the key word is plan. You must have an intentional plan mm-hmm. beforehand. Mm-hmm. These are not areas that are easy to react to. These are areas that you have to plan. Even in planning, you'll have tension. Mm-hmm. Without planning, you'll have chaos. Well, and a lot of times we each have a plan. But we've never shared the plan with each other. And it's not the same plan. It's not a shared plan. Yeah. And a lot of times families have the opposite plans Mm -hmm. in these areas. Uh, My extended family expects one thing. Your extended family Mm -hmm. expects another thing. My family did finances one way. Your family does finances another way. Um, Most men have a plan for intimacy Mm -hmm. and their wife's plan is different. (laughs) So like there's a lot grander plan than their wife's plan. Yeah. So there's a a lot here that causes tension. And we think an intentional plan in these areas can take a marriage from being um, ordinary, less than ordinary, really difficult to being great. So talk again about um, our favorite quote on marriage and how we move from ordinary mm-hmm. to extraordinary. 
Yeah, our, our friends Justin and Trisha Davis wrote a book um, on marriage that said time plus unintentionality equals ordinary marriage. Yep. And you and I disagreed when we got married. We never wanted to have, the goal was not to have an ordinary marriage. The goal is to have an amazing marriage, a great marriage, a fruitful marriage. Because our marriage really is a picture so much of our relationship with Jesus. And we want that to reflect our relationship with him. And even the way that he loved, the way he loved the church is a reflection. So we want to we want our marriage to be a great example to the world um, as we live for Jesus. All right. So let's jump in. Part two of a two-part podcast, 10 tips for an intentional marriage. Tip number six, you've got to have a great intentional plan for your finances. Mm -hmm. Just talk. Everybody just take a deep breath here. <laughs> Breathe yeah. in. Breathe out. This is the area that we have found that just brings the most conflict. And like you said, it's because you come from different backgrounds, you have different priorities, you have different expectations, typically that are all in your mind that you've never communicated to the other person. So before you're married, hey, this is a great time to sit down and get a plan together. But if you've been married for a while, even if you started with a plan, sometimes your plans change. Right. Um, sometimes Amazon is invented and suddenly you can order anything you want any time of the day or night and you need to have a pl another plan again. I mean, not saying this ever happened to me, but things change in your history. Things change <laughs> in your parenting and different seasons of life and things change and you got to readapt your plan. For those of you wondering if Danielle is speaking in parable or in reality, our plan for Amazon ended up being stop. <laughs> Just stop purchasing junk online, trinkets here and there for six seventy nine and seventeen eighty nine. That when I try to reconcile the checkbook, mean nothing to me or you because you can't even you remember can get everything what they on were. Amazon. Yeah, it's can, amazing. You can and should stop. That should be the plan. Um, so you said that this area can bring a lot of conflict. I have actually found this area done well can bring a lot of peace yes. Yes. and a lot of freedom. And a lot of unity. Like I feel like this area, when we're functioning together with a good plan and expectations, yeah. we feel like such a team and we yep. see, we tackle things together and it just yep. brings us together. Yeah. So I would say in this area, very specifically, the most important thing about your financial plan is that it's shared, yes. that you have agreed to it and you're working the plan together. I think there's four really key areas in the life of a Jesus follower. And we keep talking in this podcast how a healthy we can never help and happen without a, a healthy me. A healthy me cannot happen as a follower of Jesus unless I understand biblical stewardship, mm -hmm. uh, why God gives me money and what he wants me to do with it. Yeah, we so, want our plan to be based yeah, on scripture yes. if possible. Yeah. So our shared plan needs to be a plan. And we're not going to give you the plan. We're not going to give mm -hmm. you the numerics. But the shared plan has to be a plan to give, mm -hmm. to save, to spend, mm -hmm. and there has to be a mutual understanding of debt, mm -hmm. how much debt, how to attack debt, what debt looks like. Uh, if you do not have a shared plan before you're married about how you will give, how mm -hmm. you will save, mm -hmm. how you will spend, how you will view debt, what's going to happen is no plan means you'll always be in debt. Mm -hmm. You have no plan to spend. You have no money to save. You have no money mm -hmm. to give. So just talk a little bit about our history because we did not do this well. Mm -mm. No plan. Um, not only no shared plan, just no plan. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then some, some hard years when we decided on a plan together 
and started uh, started trying to get healthy in this area. Yeah, in fact, I remember our first plan. I think we were doing some marriage counseling. We had to create a budget. My dad asked to see it. <laughs> it was like bare bones. He's like, yeah. are you ever going to do anything fun together? We're, we're like, like, no, no uh-uh. we don't have money for we that. We don't have money for recreation. We're going to stop having yeah, fun. We're never going to see a movie. We're never going to eat out. It's like, yeah. okay, this plan's not going to work. Yeah. Um, this happened for us. Really, we talk a lot. We met Dave Ramsey at a really crucial time in our life. In fact, a big part of our story with starting the church yep. was we realized if we were going to step out in faith and really not know our financial future and the certainty of what that would look like. We're going to be raising our support for the first few years of the church. We realized we had to get our finances in order and have a plan. And um, it was hard at first. Like I remember that being hard, but it's probably one of the hardest things we've done that's been the most rewarding in our marriage and created the most peace. And the one thing I can say that this has brought for us is peace. Um, I am so thankful for the way that God led some influences in your life, some men that came around you. We talk about having older believers around you that help us get this right because I just feel such peace. And we've created a budget together, but we had to pay off a lot of debt early in our marriage because we didn't have a good plan. Um, we we had different expectations. Like I remember I did our finances at first for the first several years of the marriage till the kids got too crazy and I didn't have time. I remember one time just kind of assessing what we were spending money on and I like printed out a list of all the times you had gone golfing. Yeah, here we here we go talking about <laughs> golf again. You're really not that big of a golfer. It must have been just a season in life. I think I spent way too much money golfing early and then thought that's an easy budget item to yeah but we we just brought it yeah. i brought it to you and you had no, no idea no so clue. sometimes the pre- person who's managing the finances has a lot of pressure on them right you have to communicate you have to have a plan and you have to talk about it when you veer off the plan when amazon gets really enticing like you have oh, to have a conversation about it sometimes many conversations <laughs> about it. Uh, I tell people Jesus and Dave Ramsey Mm -hmm. uh, have been the biggest two influences on my life. And not that Dave Ramsey's plan is the perfect plan, Mm -hmm. but he gave us a plan and a language Mm -hmm. we can still use today. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when you have a good plan, it begins to make all your decisions for you. So I would say for for married couples, very specifically for young married couples, Mm -hmm. a shared finance plan that says how we're going to give, how we're going to save, how we're going to spend what we believe about debt is absolutely crucial for having a great marriage. I would also say you need to invest your values should determine your finances. Mm -hmm. And if you value your marriage, you probably need to have some room in your budget for your marriage. I talk to a lot of couples, young couples, especially they can never go on a date night, but I see some of the other things in their life and I'm like, Oh no, you could probably afford a date night. You just don't value it. So you're not prioritizing it. No doubt. So we along the way have had to reevaluate and change our budget because our priority or we've realized, hey, we have a value, but we're not funding it. So yeah, we'd love to go on vacation every year, but guess what? We don't have a vacation fund. Um, There's just really healthy things. So I think to set a budget and then sit down with an older mentor and let them (laughs) go over your budget so they can say, oh, you're never going to have fun together. That's not realistic. And so I think, but then invest in your marriage. Make a plan for date nights. Make a plan for buying some resources, some books. Make a plan for, you and I, it was so valuable for us, the first probably like 10 years of our marriage every once in a while we would go away to a marriage retreat together um where you know there's a marriage conference or something plan to invest in those things right so because those are the things that pay off over the long haul yeah and i mean in the critical importance of older 
mentors. Mm-hmm. So when, when we first started attacking our debt aggressively mm-hmm. and we gave the budget, um, so one of my great friends is named Harry Funk. It's not an ailment. He's a person. Um, and he, he is a great <laughs> friend. When we took him our budget, mm-hmm. he said, you are paying off debt mm-hmm. faster than your life will allow you to live fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And he said, at this plan, you're going to be debt free in three years. Mm-hmm. You're going to hate your life. Mm-hmm. What if you were debt free in five years, but you yes. still invested in your family yeah. and your kids yeah. and your marriage? So you just, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it is what you value. Mm-hmm. Next area you have to have an intentional plan for um, is family, very specifically extended family. I'll let you talk about your plan with my family first. <laughs> You're so generous. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, we won't go there, but I will say this. Um, you have to have a plan. Mm-hmm. And I would say very specifically, this is my, um, this is my favorite because remember I have the unspiritual gift of sarcasm and stirring the pot. Yes, you do. They're not of God, but I, but I was born with them. <laughs> um, so when I sit down with a couple who I'm marrying, uh-huh. And I talk about the wedding and I talk about the four F's, the family mm-hmm. and the finances and the um, faith and whatever yeah. the other, yeah, the other, the other fourth one is. <laughs> the important uh, one is. Yeah. So when I talk about family, I'll always say this. They're always getting married at some point on the calendar. Uh-huh. And I'll always say, um, what are your plans for Thanksgiving? Which family are you guys going to spend time with? <laughs> they that never gets know. Fun. Yeah. And then I'll say, what about Christmas? What, mm-hmm. who are you going to spend Christmas with? Mm-hmm. And then I'll say, what about Mother's Day? Mm-hmm. And they'll realize we are getting ready to bring our lives together. Mm-hmm. But right now our lives are still run by our parents mm-hmm. and our parents' expectations of us. Yeah. And our parents have <laughs> different expectations yeah. of us. So I think very specifically, and I'm just going to let you talk through how we navigate this. And I would say it remains difficult. Yeah. 45, 43, married 20, 29. almost 24 years um, this is still hard every year because you love your family yeah. and you do not have as much time f- for your mom and dad as you used to mm-hmm. before you didn't, didn't have kids, adult kids, mm-hmm. grandkids. Um, I would say your plan for family, extended family, um, you must have an intentional plan for your holidays mm-hmm. ahead of time, Yeah. your vacations ahead of time, your information that you are going to share or not share mm-hmm. with your extended family the invitations and access they have to your life and your marriage and learning to communicate with them in a respectful manner. Um, So talk, just talk a little bit about some dynamic shifts that we have made uh, positively and negatively. We talked in our last podcast, our first five years, every vacation was to Mm -hmm. one of our extended families rather than ever by ourselves there was a point where we said, um, we've, we've got to be a couple, um, on, on our own. Yeah. Well, we have a, we have a good friend who says your responsibility determines your availability Yep. and that can kind of apply to the situation away because you have to say, what are my priorities in this season? And your priorities do change a little bit throughout life. So when you're young married, like my main responsibility is as a wife or husband and then next it might be my extended family. Right. But when you add kids to the mix, right. my first responsibility, and this gets 
inverted too often as well is not mom first, then wife. My first responsibility is I'm a wife. That's right. My second responsibility <laughs> is I'm a mom. Right. And then my next responsibility is to my extended family. And I would actually, yeah, I would actually say in for you specifically, in family relationships. Yeah, in family relationships. Yes. Yep. And so I think it's so important that you real you've got to ask yourself: Are those priorities staying? in line. And then, you know, we have a lot of friends now that their, their kids are gone, their kids are on their own and their parents have shifted back up because their parents are aging and now they're caregivers. So it changes in every season of life. Right. And you got to look at what are, what is my main responsibility in this season? But I can't forsake you. Right. Um, at other people's expense, because this is the first ministry that God has called me to, aside from being a Christian myself. Right. I, I think in the, um, in the area of holidays specifically, I think a good question to ask your parents is, what is just ask, what is your expectation yes. of us? Yeah. At the beginning, like in January, um, hey, mom and dad, as we look at Mother's Day, Memorial Day, 4th of July, Thanksgiving, Christmas, we're asking both of our parents what their expectations are mm-hmm. of us so we can see how much of that we can mm-hmm. do. I think it's really key to remind your parents you're asking both sets of parents yes, so they know yeah. we've got two sets of expectations on us. Um, it may be easy if everyone lives within 10 minutes of each other to hit everyone mm-hmm. all the time. But if not, there's gonna you're going to have to realize there's going to be some shared holidays and there's Mm going to have to be some missing holidays. I also think it's very important to remember you don't have to celebrate the holiday on the holiday to celebrate the holiday at all. Mm -hmm. But I think a very, very good question is, hey, mom and dad, what what are your expectations of me? We're trying to figure that out with both of our families Mm -hmm. to see what we can do and then to communicate back and forth. uh, I know I'm going to let you down, but I think here's what we can do this year. Here's Mm -hmm. what we can do this year. Um, I think on vacations, one parent trap is to uh, pay for your poor, young, uh, freshly married kids to go on vacation with you. But most of those poor, young married kids also only get two or three weeks of paid vacation. Mm-hmm. So I want to I speak to our older parents for a minute. Um, you know, if your kid has two weeks of paid vacation and you and your spouse pay for them to come on one and you're your son or daughter's in-laws pay to go on the other one. You got to realize they're never spending time alone. Mm -hmm. So if you have the money and you want to send them on vacation, give them money and have them go on their annual honeymoon. But I think it has to be important that once a year, that vacation is an annual honeymoon. You don't go on a honeymoon with mom and dad. You don't go with friends. You don't go with siblings. Mm -hmm. Honeymoon is just you and your spouse um, going. And then I think communication just needs to be gracious uh, respectful, mm-hmm. um, clear, apologetic, uh, and just realize that you may not be able, probably will not be able to meet everyone's expectations, yeah. but just communicate what you can do, what you can't do, and your wish to do more um, mm-hmm. if you could. So I, I this is, it's always going to be an area of tension if you love your family and your family loves being yeah. together and you live in different cities. We got one family who almost lives in Canada and one who almost lives in Mexico and Chicago yeah. and Houston. And we're kind of in the and middle. Now, it's hard to get to. Yeah. Now and we now have college, college kids who live away yep. from home most of the time. So yep. you're trying to spend time with them. So it is difficult. But I do think, I think communication is so important. First, you two as a couple start together 
and stay unified and then, you know, talk to your families. And I agree. Say, what is your expectation? We'll try to meet them. And I'm sorry when we can't. Yep. Um, Number seven, uh, an intentional plan for intimacy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I think this is probably the greatest area uh, you've heard the phrase, if you don't have shared expectations, mm-hmm. you'll have shared yes. frustrations. Uh, I do believe the biggest miss in this area is a lack of shared expectations. Mm-hmm. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, just not sharing what your expectations, your needs, your desires are in this area mm-hmm. creates lots and lots of tension that some people, you, that, that, you, that you can never... Um, you can never undo mm-hmm. because you're not even aware of it. So as we talk about a plan for intimacy, um, I think this, this plan must include vulnerability. Mm-hmm. You have, it, it's going to feel extremely vulnerable to share an expectation with your spouse of your desire for intimacy. Uh, it's a plan for expectation. It's a plan for grace and humility. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you my expectations. And if you say no, I'm going to give you grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm humbly going to receive what you say to me and what you desire from me. And I think it's important to have an intentional understanding of what is a need and what is a desire. Because 1 Corinthians 7 says there is a need Mm -hmm. for sexual intimacy in marriage that keeps your marriage close Mm -hmm. and faithful to one another. So what would you say to the wives in this area of a plan for intimacy in and being intentional in those areas that I just talked about. I think everything in this area starts with communication. And if I could point back to our marriage early on and say probably where we failed is we didn't communicate about right. this. So I was probably trying to meet expectations or guess. You were probably trying to guess. And probably what we even had in our mind wasn't even real because we just never had any good conversations about it. And I believe the primary reason behind that is vulnerability. Yes. Like when you go back to the Garden of Eden. So we in this series have been learning that sexual shame and brokenness and confusion starts with Mm -hmm. sin. This hidden area of you is very, very vulnerable to expose. Mm -hmm. Adam and Eve did not want to expose anything sexually about themselves Mm -hmm. once sin entered the world. So to have this conversation is very, very vulnerable. One, because you can be rejected. Yes. Two, because you can be misunderstood. Three, because you could be maybe uh, publicly mocked or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, ridiculed if your spouse is not mature with who they talk to and how Mm -hmm. they talk. So I think the, the trust needed to communicate is as big as the communication. Absolutely. I think, um, This area is a really important area when you talk about this is an area you guard and protect, Mm -hmm. but sometimes you might need help with and probably almost every married couple at some point in their marriage needs help in this area. Advice. This is an area I think it's really important to seek counseling from a professional Christian counselor if this area is a struggle for you, because probably there are people listening who they've had a past that they regret. And it's affecting their sexual life. But then we also talk to a lot of people who I grew up in the church my whole life and we don't have that. Our past is a little more. We don't know what this looks like at all. And like we just need to learn how to work this out together. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So you need some help and some resources (laughs) and some counseling on that side, too. Both sides can feel vulnerable. Both sides of that can feel shameful. And so um, 
yeah, I just remember that for us, like, gosh, if we would have had some really mature Christian mm-hmm. folks to come alongside us, mm-hmm. and I think we had a couple, if we would have had some good counseling in this area, um, this is an area that can be the greatest um, yep. treasure in your marriage, yep. and it should be. Yep. This area really does, it, it helps you become that one flesh that brings you together, draws you closer. It's God's design, but you're going to have to work at it. You're going to have to get some some help around you, some resources, some counselors, some more mature Christian counselors, um, just friends and mentors in this area to help you. Um, I would also say this about it. This area you have to protect from sin. I think the main reason that this area has unmet expectations and conflict and a lack of vulnerability is because of shame brought in from sin. So there's a lot of things that I think we just grew up in a world with a lot of media more than ever before. Uh, YouTube, all the social medias, books people read. I mean, almost every TV show you have on Netflix nowadays has a TV mature on it. Guard your marriage from, from sinful things that will cause you to be unfulfilled in your marriage. Yeah. Like I love to read. I read lots of books. I don't read books that are inappropriate romantically um, because those can be just as sinful sometimes as watching something. And I don't want to invite something into this space that makes me question the beauty of what we have together or makes me desire something that's not a realistic attainable standard in this department. Next area, which would be uh, area number nine. My count was off last area would have been intimacy would have been eight. Uh, Tip number nine for 10 tips for an intentional marriage uh, parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, if and when you have kids, I would say the plan needs to be very, very intentional um, in your family schedule that you desire to have, uh, which you will not have unless you set it, uh, your finances for your children mm-hmm. and how they will impact your finances, friendships for your children, and then education. We've talked a little bit about in this series on education, so I won't go in depth there, uh, other than to say, you've got to make a decision between public school, private school, homeschool, and how you will disciple based on that. But just talk about being intentional in parenting for a moment. Yeah, it's just another thing that you just like, gosh, I feel like we always did really great with this until we hit those like middle school years. And all of a sudden we had some disagreements and it was like, wait a minute, we've been parenting this whole time. And suddenly we might disagree on some things. So again, I think this is where the church comes alongside you to really help you. Um, I would just highly encourage parents that if you are going to do one thing really well together, get your kids faithfully in church, like be here Every weekend, have your kids in small group, our kids ministry and our student ministry of small groups for your kids, where leaders who are trained are pouring into them. Why is that important? Because you're setting the spiritual foundation that is going to pay off again. You might not see it right away, but it does pay off over time. And I think a lot of the hard things we've gone through with our kids have been easier because they have a spiritual foundation. And our kids and student ministries are trying to partner with parents to help them raise their kids to know and to love Jesus. So that's, I think, like, know what your kids are learning at church on Sunday. Know what your kids are learning Wednesday night. Talk to them about it. Let the church help you start some of the spiritual conversations. And then we offer all these amazing small groups for 
for newly married people, but also for parenting, um, get in some groups together with other parents. Because I think a lot of things that we learned about parenting, we're also having conversations with other yep. parents who are just a season ahead of us. We learned, hey, whatever you do, don't do this. We tried that. It didn't work good. Hey, there's, here's a few ideas. Um, but you have to, again, it's all communication, coming together, talking about having a united front with your kids. Tip number nine, the uh, Pastor Daniel and Tammy said you should have a list of non-negotiables, an intentional plan for things that you uh, will never do, never say, that will never enter the picture that just you know from the get-go. Uh, a couple for us, uh, obviously, uh, divorce was going to be a non-negotiable for us. We weren't going to get divorced. We were going to we were going to fight through everything um, to stay married. For us, uh, quitting was a non-negotiable. I'll also say another non-negotiable was running to our parents about our spouse. Mm -hmm. Because long after you are finished being frustrated and mm -hmm. have forgiven your spouse, your parents will remember forever. Mm -hmm. uh, my very, very simple two-word advice for any young man or young woman calling their parents when they are frustrated in marriage is stop it. <laughs> stop simple. it. Stop mm -hmm. doing that. Um, it's not healthy. Your mom and dad do not make the best marriage counselors. Find a marriage mm -hmm. mentor who doesn't have to sit around Thanksgiving and Christmas yeah. and Mother's Day and Father's Day with this person who they've heard so much complaint about. Mm -hmm. Talk to somebody else about it. Um, what are some of the other non-negotiables you might have? And then I'm going to give some of my just my practical ones mm -hmm. that we've determined to maybe just practically help people build a list in their head before we wrap up this podcast. Well, I think listening to this whole two-part podcast will help come up with your non-negotiables. What are the non-negotiables in each area? Um, I think that for us, one of our new non-negotiables that we've found is just, we might have an intentional plan, but we realize if we don't come back and communicate that yeah. plan together, it's crazy how three months, six months goes by and you're sitting there saying, we had a really great plan. What happened? Um, you and I, one of the new things we've been doing after evaluating last year, like we're big evaluators. Hey, let's evaluate this last season. And we know our words for the year together. So this year we're like, hey, we, we need to do something different because it finances, communicating our finances. It's crazy how yep. a month goes by. Um, you spend a lot on Amazon in a month can, if you're not you talking about it. spend a lot on Amazon yep. in a month. <laughs> Your calendar, if you have kids and a busy family, yep. you can wake up and be like, oh my gosh, I feel like I haven't seen you in a week. So yep. we started this weekly meeting together that we do. And that's a time for us to reevaluate the week we just came out of. Yep. We talk about our words for the year, kind yep. of some of our spiritual goals. Hey, yep. where did we go off in it? It's, yep. a, it's a time to have a heart talk sometimes. Yep. Um, if you weren't at the marriage conference, you need to go back and watch it, have a heart talk. And then we kind of have a work talk, like what's our plan for our finances moving forward. And that has created some really great things for us, some goals that we set that we're starting to attain and we're seeing God like answer prayers about. But I think you could go back to all of these areas and decide you can't maybe do everything. So pick a few things that are going to be the biggest change agents for you this year right. and talk about those every week. Um, one thing I'm going to say too regarding this is um, there's from our marriage retreat, we have a site that will drop the link in the YouTube um, video, but take the journey.cc backslash marriage dash resources. 
We have a ton of marriage resources on there. If you're looking for some additional help, some books, um, one of the things that was really cool on there that one of the young couples on our staff told me about, it's called like a marriage journal. And it has a time every week with these questions that you can ask Mm -hmm. each other. There's some really good questions on there to help start dialogue. What brought you joy this week? What was hard this week? What's one thing I can do for you this week? How can I pray for you? Is there any like unconfessed sin or hurt we've caused each other we don't know about? So having some resources like that. But for me, I think one of my non-negotiables this year because of how great it's gone is I can't go without that regular time to connect with you. Yeah. So for those of you who will be looking for the marriage conference, you cannot watch that uh, online. That was a closed event, but you'll just have to trust us. It was really good. Uh, The link will be in the bio for some of those resources, though. For me, for just some really practical stuff, uh, I determined early in our marriage uh, that once we had kids, Christmas morning would always be Mm -hmm. spent at home. My kids were going to wake up in their house with their tree, with their presents. Christmas would always be an us thing before it became an everyone thing. Um, we communicated far in advance that once our kids went to college, if they, if they went away for college, that we would not do multi-day travel, uh, over, over the holidays. Mm -hmm. Uh, so if our, you know, if our kids have to take two full days to travel and they're home for four or five days, we're not going to have them sleep on your couch. Like they're going to get to come home. Mm -hmm. So our holidays are prop our, our, our family time might have to look more family reunion Mm -hmm. in the summer than Thanksgiving and Christmas because our kids are never home. And when they come home, we want them to be able to sleep in their own bed instead of a dorm room. And some of them need to work mm-hmm. so they can pay their way through college so we can't travel as much anymore. Um, we've determined we'll try not to do more than two nights, three at the most in a week uh, away from each other. Uh, as we look at the balance of our year, we try to give uh, less than 150 nights a year to ministry. Um, which is a little less than half of the year that we give away to ministering to other people. And by the time you add up mission trips and nights of prayer um, and Saturday night services for Christmases and Easter's uh, mission trips, you youth camps, you build up a bunch of nights and then you say, we've only got a few nights left a week that we can do dinners. Um, one of our non-negotiables is we, uh, we do not do overnights with couples in a shared hotel room. Um, we're just not going to do that with people. We don't th- do sleepovers. Yeah, we don't do sleepovers. <laughs> I think it's really, really important to develop for your marriage mm-hmm. a list of things that just, hey, we're not going to do these. And you just mm-hmm. communicate them clearly and graciously up front. But I think those are really, really important. Mm-hmm. Really, this entire two-part podcast is boiled down to this. Uh, make your plans and your decisions before anything comes up. Yeah, make them together. Yeah, sit down, come up with an intentional shared plan Mm -hmm. in 10 key areas that will allow you not to stumble your way into the marriage Mm -hmm. that you have, but to plan your way, to choose your way Mm -hmm. into the marriage that you have. Having Uh, a great marriage is one of the most selfless things you'll ever do in life. Approaching it with a little humility being willing to lay down yourself in some areas, but both of you doing that is what will bring you to a really sweet spot of creating some of these really beautiful things that are going to be hopefully great legacies. Like I hope for us, like we have really fun family vacations with our kids. I hope that's a legacy we pass down that they're one day doing with their kids in all these other areas. Yep. But not with us probably because they'll be too busy for that. (laughs) We hope these tips um, might help you 
develop an intentional plan for your marriage moving forward that will allow you to have a great, great marriage. Uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast, we'd love you to drop a rate or a review that help more people um, get this content. If you're watching on YouTube, just press that little thumbs up button. We'd love for you to do that for us. Um, and next week, we'll be dropping a podcast, very specifically a Bible study on Matthew chapter 19, where we talk about what Jesus says about divorce, when you should get divorced, when you should get remarried, and how we view ourselves through that entire process. So a fun Bible study that we'll drop next week that I think will give you some good insight into the heart of God and the life that we need to live in the gospel of grace. For now, we're really, really grateful that you've joined us for this two-part podcast. Uh, We hope this has been a place where we help you to activate your faith, and we look forward to joining you next time on the Activate Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Activate. We would love for you to join us in person for one of our weekly worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Help us get the word out about this resource. You can do so by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.